just a note or a friendly reminder before we get started today. It is never my heart to trigger or bring up topics that would be heavy or hard for you to hear. However, these are real life stories that sometimes can get really messy. So listen with caution, but I hope that you are inspired and encouraged to know that you are not alone and that your story matters. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to Keeping It Real with Amber and this week you get to be introduced to our oldest daughter, Tristan. I'm excited to have her here with us and that you get to hear her heart and some of her life experiences that uh, make her who she is today. Yep. We're <laughs> being the oldest of 12, I'm sure she has lots of stories she could share and people have lots of questions. So Tristan, where do you think we should start at? When people ask you about what's it like being the oldest of 12? Well, I think we should start with that it's not what everybody thinks it is. Mm -hmm. So I'm not the second mom. I'm not put in charge of kids because, oh, I'm a free babysitter. I'm not forced to stay home. For context, I am 22. I still live with my parents. But, like, because we're a big family, a lot of people have that misconception mm -hmm. of that you guys are making me stay at home yeah. until I decide to do something with my life, even though they don't see all the things that I am actually doing. Mm -hmm. um, my siblings aren't annoyances in my life, um, but they are important to me. And so I think people have that, again, a misconception that because I have a bunch of siblings that I would find them constantly annoying or aggravating or just generally not appealing to be around. But they're some of my favorite people to be around. So yeah, like those are some ideas of what it's not like. Mm -hmm. um, while also giving ideas of what it is like. Um, like, I do help around the house. I do watch kids, but it's not because I have to. It's because I want to. And I'm genuinely friends with most of my siblings. So, I'd say that's a good place to start. Well, I think of, like, any relationship that there's going to be people that you are naturally closer to yeah, because definitely. of, you know, maybe personalities and the dynamics of that. Um, so, who are some of the siblings that you are closer to like what's their age and their their gender um the first one would be my youngest sister she's how old is she because that's that's a problem i have is right. that it's hard to keep ages in line it is so she turns 10 in november right yes she's the so the youngest 10. girl in the house and her and i aren't necessarily similar personality wise but we do have a lot of the same interest, and she's just a lot of fun to hang around with. She's we, very confident. Yes, very, very confident. And eccentric. Yes, very. And so <laughs> I like to encourage that. Mm -hmm. And so if you know us, you'll definitely see her, and you can tell she dresses herself. Mm -hmm. But also, like, keep in mind, I'm the one buying her all of those things. <laughs> So it's not. We'll add accessories for oh, yeah. her for sure. Yeah, you know? I'll definitely add accessories. I'll get yeah. her her rainbow pastel clothes that she likes to wear. Yep. And then 
The next sibling that I'm probably closest to is, I call him Moomin, and he's four. He's not the youngest, but the second to last. He's number 11 out of 12. Yes. And him and I are very similar in personalities and the way that we process the world, which is why I think we get along well, Mm -hmm. because he's still at that age where he can't quite communicate what's all going on in his head or what he's feeling But having me there, who functions similarly, I can help interpret, translate for those around him, accommodate whatever he might need as a Mm four-year-old. So I hear you saying, like, we process a lot the same and, you know, operate in that fashion. So let's just dive into that. Yes, definitely. So I would say that the majority of my immediate family and a lot of my extended family uh, would be classified as being neurodivergent. And so that means that our brains do not function like the majority of society, Um, which means that it can feel like the world's constantly working against us or like no matter how hard we try, we're always failing Which is why it's important to identify your neurodivergent traits if you are wired differently. For myself, I have been diagnosed with ADHD at a fairly young age, which I'm thankful for. Even if we didn't do much with it then, I've been able to discover that for myself within the last couple of years. But then recently, I would say that I'm also autistic which I break a lot of the stereotypes for someone who's autistic or has autism, as most people say. Um, Yeah, so that's been a big learning curve. But it's also helped improve not only my life, but also my my siblings' lives because we've been able to stop having expectations for ourselves that... Nobody necessarily told us we had to live up to, but we were trying to because we saw others living that way. Um, Even when it comes down to how we do chores in the house, would you say that it's changed? I would say absolutely. So I think that when we would look at other families and how they process, it kind of put an unexpressed expectation oh, definitely. on us and being a large family and people are very inquisitive like how do you do your chores and how do you do your schooling and the truth is is that we have to adapt a lot definitely every day um, we have to change it up a little bit yeah and so um I really struggled when Tristan was younger so Tristan went to public school until she was in sixth grade yep And my mom had tried convincing me, like, in kindergarten to go get her a diagnosis of um, ADHD. And I just firmly was like, nope. And so for the first, like, kindergarten through fourth, Fourth. um, there were many, many, many tears shed and hours and hours and hours of homework at night. And um, Tristan has always been a night owl. And we had went through doctor's appointments of that, trying to figure out her sleep. And she is just created that way. Let's just... Yeah. It didn't matter the melatonin. It didn't yeah. matter melatonin whatever else. Melatonin doesn't work. <laughs> and so, in fact, I remember my mom um, being so excited because uh, a particular baby brand had come out with um, this body wash that includes lavender, lavender in it. And she's like, oh my goodness. So, I gave Tristan a bath <laughs> with... Relax me. Um, 
lavender and it should help her sleep tonight. No, no, and no. It was worse. Like she was up till three and four, and I was like, please stop giving her <laughs> lavender. Like she was trying to help. I had college going on, and I appreciate her help, but we realized that lavender doesn't work like that for her. And that's because I'm ADHD. Yes. <laughs> And, you know, if you hear about kids drinking coffee to actually calm them, that's oh, another yeah. common no. thing. And Caffeine does nothing no. for me. Sometimes, sometimes I'll feel normal. <laughs> like, maybe a, more awake. Right. But never more energetic. Yeah. So, I think that, you know, when I finally broke down and I took her to get diagnosed, you know, it was so that we could advocate and navigate resources for her to be mm -hmm. able to understand herself a little bit better and there was such a stigma oh there still is i know with adhd that i just didn't want my child labeled and so in my mind i was trying to help protect you yeah definitely. from being labeled and having less expectations of you yeah because i know that you're incredibly intelligent in fact like she graduated not only high school but also school of ministry at the age of 18 yep. I was the youngest one to graduate. youngest one to ever graduate from global university and then you also have went on and you graduated what did you do last year which how did you graduate from um, I graduated from Augusta Scoffier School of the Culinary Arts, and I have a diploma in pastry arts. Yeah, your siblings really enjoyed yes, those curses, they, courses. They've really enjoyed my homework every week, a yes. new pastry, if not two yeah. pastries every week. True. Um, yeah, which we can get more into yeah. how college was and even like school public school and homeschool transitioning was for me in another episode because mm -hmm. that's that's a lot that's a lot and that there's a whole lot of things um, going on in your life at that time yeah which a lot that happened was because I'm I'm neurodivergent and like there's not enough information out there for us to have even known where to start aside from kind of hiding it because of stigma yeah and because I think, go ahead. like we we got my diagnosis but it really didn't, like, go anywhere mm -hmm. because I was diagnosed with, at the time, it was called ADD. So it's, like, ADHD minus the hyperactivity. So, like, I didn't even have to, like, go on any specific meds to calm me down because it wasn't an external problem. It was very much my brain being hyperactive. Um, I was so perplexed because like, you could sit down and you could inhale a books, book. Yeah. Like, in fourth grade, you were reading at a 12th grade level. Yeah. And so, and you retained what you read. Like, you'd come up with, like, Mom, did you know that panda poop doesn't have a smell? Yeah. And, like, you'd have all these random quirky facts and all this other stuff. And, and you, I still do. <laughs> you still do. And I love it. But, like, I didn't understand how you, your brain could stop and pause and stay focused to read. And so yeah. that, that helped me kind of, like, push back that label as well. It was like, I just... But I didn't understand. But she's smart. That's, yes. That's another, like, that's a big stereotype for anybody who's neurodivergent, especially for those who are ADHD or autistic, is that idea of, like, being intelligent in any way oftentimes makes people doubt you when you mm -hmm. claim to be autistic or to be ADHD because there is that stereotype of those things make you stupid they make you less intelligent you can't function in any way your special needs mm -hmm. um 
which there are people like me who are autistic or ADHD that they do need extra help when it comes to the education system but also like who's to say what real intelligence is like so what if somebody can't read or if they can't do basic math like what what can they contribute to the world and mm-hmm. sometimes it's just them existing that's the greatest contribution which again like we can go into that another mm-hmm. time about that like the public school system's idea of what intelligence looks like versus what is actually important yeah absolutely i know that we've been even navigating recently in some of the places that we frequent with our younger one um him, my four-year-old. With like, Moomin. With Moomin. We just call him We'll just call him Moomin. It's not really his name. I didn't name him that, but no. it is his nickname. It's his, one of his favorite show characters. Yes. So. Yes. And so he um, is very misunderstood. Oh, most definitely. Um, and some of his coping skills when he is being um, overstimulated, yes. overwhelmed, overwhelmed or not um, can be can be seen as defiance or and that's yeah, bad behavior bad behavior he's not he's not a bad kid he's no. not he's hardly ever intentionally bad i mean yes. he's still a kid he's right. not perfect um but usually you'll know he's being intentionally bad because oh, yes. he'll look you right in the eye smile right. and giggle about it right versus when he he's in that moment and he's feeling overwhelmed by whatever's happening whether yeah. it's too loud or too hot or he feels like he's not being heard, which is mm. a big frustration for him, is when he feels like you're not listening, he he lashes out because he's angry. But yeah, a lot of his coping behaviors, they look like stereotypical bad kid things, mm. but they're not, they're not being done with the intention to harm or to be bad in any way. So yeah, we've had to learn how to navigate that because... Mm. Again, there's, like, such, such misinformation, even when it comes to every child in general, not just the neurodivergent yes. child. This idea of, like, um, unquestionable obedience and all of them having to follow the same box or sit through lessons in the same way. Like, no one, even those who aren't, aren't neurodivergent but are neurotypical, like, they still all function differently. They all mm-hmm. still learn differently. It might be easier for them to adjust to a rigorous one-size-fits-all situation. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, it's the ones like us who ask questions or who physically cannot sit through a lesson because it's overwhelming or painful or boring, like mm-hmm. Moomin likes to say, that it's <laughs> just boring. boring. Right. Uh, but like that doesn't mean that they're not listening if they're moving around or, you know, fidgeting. That's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've had to navigate a lot recently with him because he, because of a lot of the healing that mom's done, we aren't forced to pretend to be perfect. And so we're a lot of, I've learned a lot of behaviors to hide how I'm different from people just because of my life experiences mm-hmm. and a lot of trauma that I've gone through. I, like, Moomin's not not experienced that. My other siblings, a lot of them haven't experienced people telling them that 
the way they exist is wrong, therefore they should change it. Uh, like, they know they're a little weird, but they embrace that weirdness as, like, they're super cool, which yes. they are. And, like, Moomin doesn't think twice about doing a lot of the things that he does because he's not... We don't tell him it's bad Mm-mm. because it's not inherently bad. We might coach him on what's appropriate at a certain time and place. Yes. But, like, he's not been told he's bad, which throws a lot of people for a loop because... Well, I don't think any child should ever be told that they are bad. Yeah, or that no. They like, are their behavior might be stupid wrong. or that they are less than in any form yeah, or fashion. Definitely. Like, if you're having problems with a child, like, what are the behaviors indicating? Yeah, there's always a root to it. They're you not know, there just, may be a bad behavior. Yeah. Like, what you're doing, that's not kind. That's yeah. a, that, that behavior is bad. But yeah. that doesn't make the child well, bad. Definitely. So... All right. Well, where should we go next? I'm not sure. There's a <laughs> there's a lot we could do. I know. As we keep it real as a family. Um, I had a thought while you were speaking. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, what does your daddy say whenever you send him reels? <laughs> uh, uh, well, for context, it wasn't until like the last. I'd say it wasn't until like the beginning of 2020 mm-hmm. even that I started doing any kind of research on specifically ADHD and then it slowly evolved into oh wait I relate to some of those autistic traits oh wait <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm autistic um so I would just send information to mom which she shares with dad or I would like be telling them about these things that I read during the day, like my daily information recap at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And frequently, Dad will tell me to be quiet. <laughs> In a loving way. In a loving way. It's a joke. Yes, I know it's a it's joke. It's a running joke. It's like, stop talking. Stop telling me what's wrong with me. Yes. Or it'll be like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> because in the process, we have learned that like ADHD and being autistic, those are all genetic things Mm -hmm. like if your child's autistic you are more probable to be autistic that doesn't mean you are but you should probably get that checked out your life might be a little better after knowing that about yourself and so in my process of discovering more about myself we've come to realize that yeah a majority of my my siblings are neurodivergent and that my parents are most definitely neurodivergent. Yeah, we're just going to put that out there and keep it real today. Um, I, as she was sending things, and she would send reels. There were some specific yeah, reels that she would watch. I'm a visual person. Yeah, mom doesn't and so, read. So I, know, I, would just I give me these. the nutshell because my brain has a really hard time slowing down enough mm-hmm. to definitely. retain everything. And I've always worked better under pressure. Like, I I would process things in my mind and I would prepare when I went to college or even school, whatever it was. And I would have the project kind of in the back of my brain, but I would never actually do it until the last mm, push. a very ADHD It's a very trait. And I didn't realize that because (laughs) I would always, I mean, I was always like honor roll student, top 10% in the class. (laughs) I enjoyed school for the most part. I I enjoyed learning. (laughs) Um, but I realized that I always position myself in the front of the class, 
or if I go to a public place and I'm there for a conference or to receive information, mm -hmm. I can't sit behind people because I will be totally distracted. Yeah, and people I, watch. I'll people watch and I can't um, keep it straight then. So I have to like get rid of more distractions. And so that was just a, one of my coping skills that I had realized um, throughout my life. But I also like there was a few other things that finally kind of made sense for me. Like if there was a radio on and a TV on or two mm -hmm. different like electronic-y sounds, that's probably not even a word. I just made that up. Yeah. Um, I would get a migraine. Yeah. And I, for the longest time, like I, I would tell the kids like we have to turn one or the other off. And it wasn't that they were like, both loud. It was just if I could hear both of them. Yeah. And so Tristan at one point in time, she's like, yeah, because your brain... It doesn't filter out all of the background noises like it does for a lot of people. Right. It's trying to process both things at yeah. the same time. And so it would give me uh, yeah. incredible migraines. And so just learning like, you know, how you're created, how you work. And I'm hoping to break some of these stigmas when it comes to ADHD oh, yeah, and things definitely. like that. Am I forgetful? Sometimes. And I people who know me and know me well, I'll be like, listen, um, yes, you told me this. Mm -hmm. If you don't hear back from me within this period of time, please reach back out to me. I did not intentionally forget you. Yeah. Um, I and I think that openly communicating some of like our struggles that maybe yeah, that we have helps to normalize that in the aspect that it's not an excuse. And I think that sometimes it's misinterpreted. Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, you know, and when it comes to like how we organize and things like that, like there are most definitely mountaintop experiences. Yeah. And then there's those valleys to where, like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. And so, you know, we have to figure out pretty much every day it's a yeah. new experience, you know. I mean, because we're not only, like, discovering new information, but mm -hmm. we're also having to do, undo literal generations yep. of more trauma and baggage of, like, people just not knowing yet. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, it's like that's a big thing that we've been working through. It's literally an everyday thing of, okay, so what are we going to improve today so that the younger ones don't have to even experience yep. this? Uh, which is why we mentioned earlier that like with schooling and chores and just daily house maintenance, it's literally an everyday like game of all right, what does it look like for us today? Mm -hmm. Who can do what? Who's up for what task? Mm -hmm. What can you handle today? Because something has to be done. We can't just not do it. Well, it's not one person's yeah, responsibility. There, there's multiple we are of a us. Team, we share and everything. And we have to do this together yes, in definitely. order to make it function. Is our is our house going to be perfect? No, Probably. never. Yeah, I was about to say never. <laughs> you know, one area would be really beautiful. And then if you go in the other just, room to clean the other area, well, we when you come back. We actually just shoved everything from the first room in oh the second Oh my one. gosh, that could be a reality. But then also we have younger ones and I'm like, you know. Yeah, we have toddlers. Having realistic <laughs> expectations and knowing that our house is going to look lived in. But like, give me your best. And yes. each child's best is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. So, like, knowing Which, that it's not going to be exactly done the maybe the way I would do it or the way that you yeah, would do definitely. it. But acknowledging that, like, they gave their genuine best. Yes. Which I think has been a big thing that we've... I think that's been one of the main things that we've had to learn about even ourselves. Mm -hmm. Is that, like, comparison is a thief. Yeah, we know that. But, like, how 
deeply rooted comparison is. Mm -hmm. So, like, to be completely honest, like, I don't drive. I also don't plan on driving anytime soon. But for a very long time, I felt like I was just behind on life, on being an adult, or that I wasn't being a good enough adult because I don't have all these boxes ticked that some of my other sisters who are adults have ticked or, like, people around me. And so, like, that idea of, like, I'm doing my best. Mm -hmm. I'm not behind. Um, But then, like, teaching my siblings that, too, at a young age of, like, okay, like, you did your best that's not going to look like my best. Mm-hmm. We're at different spots in life. We function differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say that's like the biggest relief. Mm-hmm. But also like the biggest like stepping stone up to like being a better person and improving our family as a whole is that yeah. idea of like, yeah, everybody's best is different. Because like I remember being younger and expressing that like I tried my best on like a school project or you know like math homework like I tried my best but it wasn't considered good enough because it wasn't up to the standard which I chose math because I really struggle with math a lot still always have always will but also like I know what I need to know to get by I don't even have to be good at it just as long as I can you have understand. all your basics. Yeah. And I think that As long for, as I can understand what I'm doing. <laughs> for you, like, I remember you being in elementary school and, like, it was, like, 100 problems oh, yeah. in five minutes. Second grade, 100 edition oh. problems, five minutes, do your best. Meltdown. Oh, yeah. Complete meltdown, which I would get in trouble for. Because you would struggle with pre- perfectionism. Yeah. I want it all to be right. I'm not just going to, you know, shoot out what I think is the answer. I want it to be the right answer. But also, like, pressure's not my friend. I might procrastinate on a project and get it all done in one night. But if you give me, like, five minutes to do a hundred problems, that, like, You know that you can't do your best. Yeah, there's no grace. And get that done. Yeah, there's no grace in that. And so I'd get, like, one problem done. Whereas everyone else would, like, complete the sheet or get half of them done. And like no, it's but not moving real forward, for me. like you completed and you did very well um, with your kitchen math, so to speak. Oh, yeah. You know where like you had to do... change the math in the recipes that you were doing for yeah. schooling and being able to do all that. But you... also, like my like Escoffee is very accommodating, so like I did not disclose that I'm ADHD, um, which is the only thing I have an official diagnosis for. Um, but, like, I didn't disclose any of those things. I didn't even realize I was autistic yet, so I didn't even have that to ask for accommodations in any way. But they would allow me to use a calculator or to use, uh, programs online that would help convert the math for me. I was still doing the work. I was still finding the answer, But I could not do it on paper or in my head. I definitely had to use assistance, which Mm -hmm. is not wrong. Which I You still were able to get to the end. Which is something that like was really instilled in my head in public school was that I couldn't do math with just a calculator or with something to help me convert. Like it made me feel ill prepared for life even as a child that I couldn't do basic math without assistance but now it's like everyone literally has a calculator in their pocket 
and most people don't get out a piece of paper to do the math they need done. They ask Google. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. All right, we have just a couple minutes left in this episode. I hope you've enjoyed meeting our oldest daughter, Tristan. Um, as you're sitting here, we're actually sitting in the car doing this episode because it is quiet in the car. Yeah. And um, we pulled on the other side of our property so the little ones couldn't see us or find us right now. Um, so they're not knocking on the windows or anything like that. But as I'm sitting here in the car with her, I look over and I see her headphones around her neck. Yes. Um, why do you wear your headphones and how do people generally react to them? So I started wearing headphones full time, like almost all day, every day, only a few months ago. Um, but I use them because specifically the kind I have, they're noise canceling headphones which means that it cuts out a lot of background noises, like wind sounds, people talking, uh, like in like distant conversations, uh, machinery noises. Those are a big thing for me. Um, people give me really weird looks when I tell them that I can hear electricity. I can tell you when a light bulb's bad because it it makes a fizzy noise. Um, <laughs> which it are all like an an audio sensitivity thing, which is very common with people who are ADHD or autistic. But it helps me to not get as irritated as easily or as overwhelmed by just how loud the world is. If you ever have a conversation with me in person, I tend to talk too quietly because... I don't want to be loud because I know how loud the world seems for me. And so as far as like reactions to my headphones, um, most people don't say anything about it, but oftentimes I will get questions like, can you understand me? Can you hear me? Um, or like, what are you listening to? Oftentimes I'm not listening to anything. It literally is just to cut out extra noise because my brain doesn't do that. Um, but then I feel like if I was younger, the idea would be that I'm being disrespectful to people who are over me, um, older than me or who are in positions of authority. Uh, like that idea of just like, I'm being rebellious. I don't want to hear you sort of thing, which thankfully I've not come across anybody who said anything like that to my face, but I know it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I wear headphones, so if you, like, know who I am and see me, that I can still hear you most of the time. Sometimes I am actually listening to something, uh, because they're headphones. <laughs> <laughs> I like you music, do music and podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah. as we bring this to a close, um, what would you say to a parent who has a child and they've been having... They're on the fence. Mm -hmm. So I would say go ahead and take them to get diagnosed. I know that's really scary, especially when it comes to getting an autism diagnosis because just it feels like everyone tells you that that's the end of your child's life. Like your child's stolen from you if they're autistic 
and that's far from, that's far from the truth. Um, so my top recommendations would be take them to get a diagnosis because in the long run it can help them. Um, it can help them with getting assistance when they need it during school, but also it will help them know why they're different versus just letting them exist, feeling like something's wrong with them and not knowing why they feel like an outcast. Um, my next recommendation would be to learn from autistic adults, learn from adults who are ADHD, learn from people who have lived with, like, as this for their whole life, because they're Mm -hmm. not with it. Neither of these are diseases. They cannot be cured, nor should they be. Um, Your child's not broken. Yeah, they're not broken. We're not broken. We're not missing a puzzle piece, as a lot of popular campaigns will try to tell you. Um, But yeah, learn from people who are autistic, who are ADHD. Um, Because in all honesty, like, I'm not knocking doctors or their knowledge. But when it comes to specifically, like mental health or being neurodivergent, the medical field is very behind still. Um, like I had mentioned earlier that I was diagnosed with ADD. Like, turns out that diagnosis didn't even exist anymore when I was diagnosed with that, but it was like seen as the lesser of two evils. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was given. Whereas I should have just been told, oh, you're ADHD, but it's like the inattentive type. Right. Um, but yeah, learn. Uh, it sounds really silly, but TikTok's a pretty good resource. Obviously, don't believe everything you read online or mm-hmm. everything anybody says. Um, but yeah, TikTok's a good resource. It sounds ridiculous, but it's true. A lot of my information has come from TikToks. Uh, Instagram is a really great resource. There's a lot of autistic adults. There's a lot of ADHD adults who have very informative accounts where they are doing their research their research they have resources they can cite for you um so not only do they have that like medical information or scientific information but they also have personal information they they can tell you what their lived experience is um another thing i would say to kind of wrap it up is that If you've met one autistic person, you've met one autistic person. None of us are the same. We all have similarities. We can relate to each other on a lot of different things. But, like, we're all people. We're all different people. We're not... We're not the same. Um, same with... So, if your kid's diagnosed with ADHD, like, you've met one ADHD person... You've met one ADHD person. We're not all the same. Which I think would take some of the, uh... The fear away. Absolutely. But also, like, don't use Autism Speaks as a resource. (laughs) We can talk about that some other time. But, like, just saying up front, like... They're not a great resource because they are definitely the ones that helped fuel that idea. That autistic people are broken people. Mm -hmm. They definitely fear monger and, like, there's plenty of resources that 
if you would like, you can message my mom about it, and I can help her get those. Absolutely. That will go into detail on exactly why they're not a great group. We're not trying to advocate hate speech here. Oh, just no. going to say, like, everybody's entitled to your opinion. But I hope that as we, you know, are navigating keeping it real with Amber and just pioneering through some tougher topics. Oh, definitely. I'm not going to shy away from the tougher topic, tougher topics, but... That we can also agree to disagree. Like, oh, you definitely. don't have to have the same opinion of me or my children or, or others that we have here and host on the podcast. But you at least walk away with some food for thought. Yeah. And like I said, as we bring this to a close, we'll have Tristan back on another yeah, time. And dig into some of her uh, wisdom on some things and her experiences. Yeah. Because you just kind of got a tip of the iceberg today. I want to encourage you to make memories with your children this week. Mm-hmm. Um Set aside time because otherwise it's going to fly by. So pick a time this week that you're going to sit down and you're just going to be present with your kids, whether you play a board game or, you know, sit on the couch and watch a movie together, but be intentional every week to make memories that are going to last a lifetime. And those are something that your family will always cherish until next time. We'll see y'all later. Today you got to meet the oldest of our bunch. I hope that you enjoy her as much as we do. If you have questions specific to her or even for some of the other kiddos, go ahead and go to anchor.fm backslash keeping your ear with Amber and leave us a voice message. Perhaps we'll even feature it on a future podcast. Can't wait to hear from you. Your podcast has been such an inspiration and has helped me learn and heal so much. I just want to thank you so much for putting it out there for everybody to hear your story and for sharing your life with us. I appreciate you.